in Second Kings chapter four. And in Second Kings chapter four, there's a story of the Shunammite woman. And of course, in, at that time in Second Kings, uh, this was uh, the time of Elisha the prophet, right? So you had Elijah, who was uh, one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. And then Elisha served under Elijah for about 11 years until Elijah went home to be with the Lord. And then um, Elisha took over in his place. And so now he's the prophet of the land. The, the, you know, they, of course, at the time, they had a lot of prophets because they had schools of prophets, in fact. Uh, but um, uh, Elisha was the, was the senior uh, prophet in Israel at this point in time. And as he traveled, he had passed by this one particular city called Shunem. And any time he passed by, it said there was a great woman there, and, and uh, she would recognize him as a prophet, and she would compel him to come in and eat. And so he would eat at her house, and then he would go on about and, uh, his trips there. And so eventually she and her uh, husband, it was her idea, said, well, let's build him a little, a little room there, and we'll put a bed and a table and, you know, a candle and stuff in there so he has a place to rest along the way. And so she was just being a blessing to the prophet. And so, so he's talking to uh, so Elisha is talking to his servant Gehazi and said, well, we need to do something for this woman. She's been a blessing to us. You know, what can we do for, for her? And so, you know, he asked her, you know, do you want me to, to give you an audience in front of kings or anything like that? She said, no, I don't, you know, I don't need any of that stuff. And, and he said, uh, and, and, and his servant said, well, she doesn't have a child. So she was older and her husband was older and she didn't have a child. And for, you know, the women of Israel, that was really important. You know, childbearing was, it was a real uh, important aspect of their culture and uh, and a lot of times even some shame in their lives if they if they grew uh, older and didn't have children, you know, it was something that was almost shameful for them. And so so Elisha prophesied, well, this time next year, you're going to have a child. And she said, don't lie to me. Uh, and because, so, you know, uh, who says stuff like that? Right. Uh, and so, of course, you know, if someone says that, you know, this time next year, this time next week, you know, this is going to happen. Uh, well, you know, you can believe it or not believe it. All you got to do is wait and find out if it's so, right? And so she waited and found out, and it was so. So she had a child, and, and the Bible says that the child grew, and, and uh, it was out working one day. The, the son was out working with his father out in the field, and, and he started complaining about his head and went back to the house and ended up dying. Uh, and so, uh, so she, uh, the Shunammite woman, so she's called the Shunammite woman because she's from Shunem, uh, and... Um, uh, and we didn't, never do know her name. She's just called the Shunammite woman. And so, so she went and found Elisha. So she's traveling to Elisha. And so as she's there, uh, as she's getting closer to him, he sees her and, and he tells uh, his servant, go find out, ask her, you know, uh, what's going on. And so he said, this is in, in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 26. He said, run now, I pray thee to meet her and say unto her, is it well with thee? Uh, is it well with thy husband? And it is, is it well with thy child? And she answered, it is well. And, and so, of course, people say, well, see, she's lying, right? Because it's not well. What's, what's going on with her son? Her son's dead, right? She, she left the son. In fact, she took the son after he died and put him in that little chamber that she'd made for the prophet, put him on the bed that she made for the prophet. And so he's back at her house uh, sitting in that extra room, uh, and she went to go find the prophet. Uh, and uh, and Gehazi says, is it well with you and your husband and your child? And she said, it is well. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, we talked not long ago about uh, Romans chapter four, about how the Lord operates faith, where he said he speaks those things would be not as though they were. So was, you know, from a natural perspective, was it well with her and her family? 
Well, it wasn't well with her and her family from a natural perspective, right? People would look at her situation. So it can't be well. Look at this situation. But so uh, but she knows a little bit about faith. She knows that the Lord operates faith by declaring those things would be not as though they were. And so uh, when they asked her, is it well? She said, it is well. All is well. And of course, you ever hear uh, uh, just talking to me a lot of times, I'll just say it's well. They'll tell me the worst situation. And my response is it's well. Uh, all is well. Because uh, why, why did she say it is well? Well, who did she go find? She went to go find the prophet, right? And, and why did she go find the prophet? Because he'll fix it. He'll do something about it. He'll use the power of God. He'll fix the situation. So if she knows he's going to fix the situation by faith, if she knows that God's got the power to fix the situation, is there really a problem? Well, there's not a problem. If he can fix it, there's not really a problem. Amen? You know, sometimes get, people get so bent out of shape because there's a problem. But if you can fix the problem, it, it's, not, it, it's not a big deal, right? And so, um, but uh, you know, sometimes all we focus on is the problem. If she focused only on the problem, then she's, she has a lot to be concerned about, right? She is, her, her son that's, that she didn't get until her later years it has died. So the son of her promise has died uh, and has come to an end. And it didn't have, you know, we don't know how old, how old he was. It just says when the child was grown. So it, it, it appears to be, have been for several years. Uh, he's probably, you know, 10, 12, 15 years old. Uh, so he's been around for a while. Uh, but he died. But her faith is it's fine. All is well. Now, did she stick her head in the sand? Is she, is she just ignoring reality? Is she saying, no, you know, he's not dead? You remember we talked about Romans chapter 4. It's not, she doesn't declare those things which be as though they're not. Right? She's not saying that he's not dead because he is dead. Uh, so you're not, you're, not chained, you're not trying to lie about the circumstance and saying, I have no problems. She does have kind of a big problem, right? Her child has died. What she's declaring is faith. Those things would be not as though they were. And she said, it's well. All is well. Amen. Uh, and, and, and so uh, she could see that the Lord has the answer. And, and really, you know, uh, more than anything, I would love for the, for the people of the church, not this church, but the people of God, to be able to see faith like God wants us to see faith. You know, that it doesn't matter the circumstance. It doesn't matter the the, the people or you know the economy or the the sickness and disease it doesn't matter what's what's what comes our way if we believe god he's got an answer for all the problems that come our way doesn't he doesn't he have the solution to all of our problems doesn't he have the answer to every single thing that comes our way if he does then it's well all is well if he really has the answer then it's all well amen and, and so do you, so for us, do we believe that? Do we believe that all is well? Do we believe when someone says, hey, you know, what are you going to do about that? It's all is well. It's fine. All is well, right? But uh, if we focus on the problem, we focus on, the, you know, this is the big problem. This is not, you know, uh, the mail came in an hour late today or, you know, um, the gas went up a nickel today. You know, these are not minor problems that she's dealing with. This is a, a major problem, right, with her son. Her only son has died. Uh, and and uh, they asked, you know, is it well? Oh, yeah, it's well. Uh, and, and so all is well. Uh, what was she declaring? Those things would be not as though they were, right? So, so there, there were things that she needed to, to have changed in her life by faith, and the way she did, did that is declared faith. My faith is that all is well, amen? And, of course, you know, you can go on and read the rest of the story, and it's a great story. It's not, you know, you can read 
just that one chapter of Second Kings chapter 4. And it's just a great story because she got the answer to her faith, right? In fact, uh, later on, Elisha sends Gehazi, you go, t- you go take care of it. And he couldn't do it. He had the staff of, of the prophet. He went and did everything the prophet said to do, and it didn't work. Uh, and, and, of course, the Shunammite woman's like, it's still well. It's all is well. Uh, and so finally the prophet had to go in and, and take care of the situation himself. Uh, and um, it was just really encouraging to, you know, to, to see this because she's not denying reality. She's not sticking her head in the sand. She's not saying it's not, you know, he's not dead. And uh, she's declaring her faith that all is well because she goes to the Lord who has the answer. And if he's got the answer, then do we have any real problems? Do we have it? Do we? I mean, do the problems we have, are they insurmountable? Is there anything that God can't fix in our life? If there's nothing God can't fix, then it's well. Uh, amen? And so there's really, there's never really a, a, a valid reason to worry and to fret and to have anxiety. If the Lord really can come through on everything, uh, you know, people a lot of times will uh, call me and they say, well, I've got, I've got good news and bad news. Uh, and um, in, in my heart, there's neither good news nor bad news. It's just news. Because if the Lord's got the answer to everything, there's no such thing as bad news. You know, well, you, you got a bad report from the doctor. It's well. Uh, uh, because the Lord's my healer. Amen. Well, you know, you got a bad report from this. It's well. The Lord's my provider. Amen. Uh, you know, is this going to cost you a lot of money? It's well. The Lord is my provider. Amen. Uh, is, he, is he my provider? Did he say that, uh, that all my need will be met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? If he did say that, right, Philippians 4.19, if he said that, that all my need would be met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, he said, but my God shall supply all my need, right? So if, if my God will supply all my need, then, then what's the matter, right? All is well, amen? So why do I get all worked up when, oh, I need new brakes for my car, or I need, you know, uh, this or that, or I need, you know, a new pair of shoes for, for uh, baby Wade, and uh, then it's well, right, because... Uh, all is well. Amen. Uh, and I thank God, you know, he needs a pair of shoes. Just just whatever you want. You know, just we'll have them drop shipped right to your house. We'll get you the whole shell. Of course, they don't want 600 pairs of shoes for baby weight either. Right. You know, because where are they going to put them? Amen. And so uh, is is uh, is uh, is it well? Uh, is, uh, you know, uh, what's that? It is well with my soul. Right. And so when, when, you, when someone asks you, is it well? Absolutely it's well because my God has all the answers. Amen? That's, that's my heart. That's my response every time, right? So, and people all the time trying to bring uh, worry into your life. Oh, you know, this happened. It's well. Well, you know, this, this thing, this is bad. Oh, this horrible thing happened. It's well. It's fine. Let's fix it move on. Amen? It's, it's, it's not a big deal. It's not that we're not ignoring things. We're not making light of things. We're not saying these things aren't serious. Because uh, they, they can be serious. I mean, your dead child is pretty serious, right? That's pretty. That's that's right up there, right? I mean, I can't imagine anything worse that can happen to that in your life, right? Uh, uh, and and her faith was its will, and she went to the answer, went to the Lord, the prophet of God. Of course, we live in the New Testament, so the Lord lives in us now. Everywhere we go, its will. Amen. Well, you can't go to a higher power than what's in you right now. You come to me, I'm not a higher power than what lives in you, right? Uh, she, this is Old Testament, so she had to go find the prophet. We have a better covenant. We can go to ourselves and say it's well because God lives in me, amen? So I just want to encourage you about that. It was just a great story, and, and uh, you get some time. Go back and read Second Kings chapter 4, 
It's just a great story of faith. Amen. And so let's stand and greet each other for just a minute. And we'll get into praise and worship. Is uh, by following the Lord. Amen. You know, a lot of people think that freedom is the freedom to do sin and freedom to do things that, you know, the church doesn't agree with. Uh, you know, it, it's really uh, the reason why people say that is because they don't understand uh, the world. They don't understand how God set things up. Because when the world says, I want to be free to do what I want, what they're really saying is, I want to be free to do whatever my flesh wants uh, and whatever, whatever crazy thoughts that my thoughts want. But really, the Lord wants you to be free to do whatever your spirit wants. And see, if you only ever did what, what your spirit told you to do, you'd be the most at peace, the most at joy, uh, the most content that you'll ever be. No wars, no, no anxieties, no fretting. Uh, if you are free to do only what your flesh wants to do, then there is uh, depression, anxiety, there's grief, uh, there's all of those things come, there's shame, there's all these things that come along with it, but you're free, right? You're free, but you're, it's, uh, what, what people don't say is they don't explain, because they don't know, they don't explain what area that they're free in. They're only free in their area of the flesh, uh, and that's not freedom at all, because that's, if it's flesh, then what you'll hear is they say, well, I have to do that. Within a, if you have to do that, then you're not free. See, if you choose to do it, then you're free. It's a free choice, right? I can choose to do it. I can choose not to do it. You know, pe people just love to argue about the dumbest things. I argue about whether there's nothing wrong with drinking alcohol. I'm free to not drink alcohol. You know, I'm per perfectly free. Well, you're in bondage. I'm totally free. Because the argument that I always hear is, well, I have to do it. You know, uh, and so, well, you have to do it, then you're not free. Uh, and so... People just love to make arguments but they, because they don't understand. Uh, I'm free to do everything my spirit tells me to do. I'm free to do everything the Lord tells me to do. And I'm free to not do anything my flesh tells me to do. And that means I'm a perfectly free person. Someone who has to do something is not free. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're compelled to, to work, you're not really free. If you're compelled to give something up, you know, you're not free. But I choose to do these things. Uh, but many, many times, even in the church, People argue the case, well, you know, I have to do it. Now, I had to say those things, or I had to do that thing, or they made me mad, and you know, whatever things they, they love to say. And what they don't understand uh, is they're saying that they're really in bondage. They're under the chain of that, over, that chain is driving them. Whatever that thing is, that's controlling their life. God is not controlling their life. That thing is controlling their life. And so whatever that thing is, uh, if, there's, if there's anything you have to do that you can't get out of, then you're not free. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why, and of course, we mentioned a lot of times, but, it, but it's good to know. That's why when you hear the world say things like, uh, well, I was born that way, you know, I can't help it. You know, what, what they're trying to do is remove their, their freedom of choice. Yeah. And that means they're in bondage to that thing. So whatever that thing is, you know, and of course, the most obvious and easiest one is the, the sin of homosexuality. They say they were born that way. They don't have a choice. And I've had people leave the church because they, you know, they argued with me that, that their family member, someone they knew close to them was, was a homosexual and, and that they, they were born that way. And I said, no, they weren't. They have a choice. And they got mad because they didn't want, because they, they were thinking that because I said that, that I'm condemning their, 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 their person that they know. I'm not condemning anybody because the sin of lying is still a lie. It's still a sin, right? The sin of of having ill will towards somebody is still a sin. I mean, you know, we want to pick a sin and, and harp on that one. We're not going to, I wasn't condemning anybody, you know, but, but I was trying to correct their doctrine because 
the, to me, in my heart, the saddest thing in the world is to allow somebody to remain in sin because all sin drives to death. All sin will drive towards death. Now, maybe not death in your physical life, but the death of lack of power, no power operating in your life. It could lead to spiritual death, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, there's at least four different types of death that the Bible talks about. Uh, and, but all sin drives towards death, a, a lack and separation from the life of God. Uh, and so why, why, are you, why are you trying to, uh, to protect somebody in their sin because you're afraid that somebody's going to judge them? That just means you don't really love them as much as you want to. Because if you love somebody, you want to be free from sin. Now, the, the, where the church has the hardest time is we see somebody in sin and we immediately judge them and condemn them. Well, that's not our job. Are you the judge of the earth? Am I the judge of the earth? You know, a lot of times people, even in the church, will say if so-and-so is committing a specific sin, a certain, they have a list, right? Whatever that list is, well, that'll send them to hell. So you're saying that this list of sin over here is okay, and they can still go to heaven, but this list of sins over here is bad, they're going to hell. Yeah, well... Do you have any book, chapter, and verse for that? There's no book, chapter, and verse for that. Um, all sin is wrong, right? Uh, and, and no sin is okay. The Lord's not okay with any sin. He doesn't overlook any sin. But it not, I'll leave it alone. I, you know, I'm not the judge of the earth. Uh, I'll leave it alone. It's wrong. Fix it and go on. You know, that's, that's, that's what we should do. Uh, and so, uh, so anytime the church allows sin, uh, for whatever reason, it means we don't love somebody as much as we think we love them. You know, because people all the time, well, you need to accept me the way that I am. I, I was at a, at a youth uh, meeting one time, and, and they, they said, well, youth, come up and testify. And youth after youth after youth would get up and testify, I just thank God that he accepts me the way that I am. That's a lie. God does not accept you the way you are. He will allow you to come into his church the way you are, but the first thing he's going to do is say, well, now, here's a list. Fix this, fix this, fix this, because you don't look like me yet. He he, it doesn't matter how good you are, there's a list. If you're the most perfect person in the world, and the most perfect person I know is, is Chris, I'm only second to her, but, uh, and there's a list for her. You know, the Lord has a list even for Chris, right? You know that, I mean, it's hard to believe, right? Uh, but, uh, but there's a list, because she doesn't look like the Lord yet. She doesn't sound like the Lord yet. And so there's always a list. So, so the worst thing is to stay exactly the way you are. And, and I would never say, I thank the Lord accept me just the way that I am. It, it, I mean, that is the furthest thing that I can imagine from the truth. You know, he will let you come in uh, because he loves you, but he's not going to accept you the way you are. He's going to make you better. Uh, and, and so to, to, to desire to stay the way you are, to, to me, is a terrible. Why would you want to stay the way you are? Have you looked at yourself? Have you gotten a mirror? Go buy a bigger mirror. If you think you're great the way you are, you need a bigger mirror because I've got a big mirror at home. I mean, it's top to bottom. And I look at it and I go, wow, I've got a lot of work to do, right? Uh, and, and I'll just go, I'll just go, you know, I'll just go by my, by my wife sometimes. She goes, yeah, you've got a lot of work to do. Uh, and so, uh, and the Lord's, you know, and they're all the mirror, the Lord and my wife are all the same way. Yeah, you've got a lot of work to do. Uh, and so, and that's okay uh, because I'm free to change. I'm free to become more like him. Amen. And it doesn't bother me at all. If, if someone said, well, you know, you, you know, says something bad about me. It's like, okay, well, I'll just add to, add to my list of things. Right. I, I had one person call me up just uh, just raking me over the calls about how sorry of a person I was and you know this you know I'm sorry about this sorry about that and finally I said you know if you could just put that in an email with a list of all my failures that would really help because I've lost count of you know and and of course that just made him more mad you know and then he got even double mad of that but I, I was having a good time I said there's only one of us mad in this conversation I said it's not me they were mad yeah <laughs> thank you well 
Because I was free not to be mad. See, they're under the bondage. I have to, you know, well, I had to be mad. Well, you don't have to be mad. Uh, and so when they call you up and, and chew you out, you still don't have to be mad. Well, you know, I'm not taking that. I didn't take it to begin with. And so uh, it's on them. They're the ones who are all mad about things. And so, uh, and so let's, let's uh, open up our Bibles to the book of uh, Matthew here. We finished up last week talking about uh, the pure in heart. And so and I would encourage you, you know, meditate on, on that particular verse. Pure in heart shall see God. Amen. I want to see God in all aspects of my life. Uh, and, uh, and we said that the, that the perfect condition, that the pure in heart person is not a person with no, with no sin. That's not the measurement of a pure heart. The measurement of a pure heart is when your will is perfectly lined up with your spirit man, and every time your spirit man says, do it, you do it. Every time your spirit man says, don't do it, you don't do it. That's a pure heart. That's all, really all there is to it. Amen. And you'll spend the rest of your life figuring all that out. Amen. Uh, and so, but it's a good, it's a good uh, endeavor. It's a good effort to put in there to to find out how to be a pure heart, to learn, first of all, if you're going to have a pure heart, you, you've got to learn uh, to distinguish where, where is this voice coming from? Is it coming from my flesh? Is it coming from, from my emotions? Is it coming from the outside? Uh, where is it coming from? Is it coming from the Word of God or the Spirit of God? See, if it's coming from the Word of God or the Spirit of God, you're good to do it all the time. If it's coming from your flesh or your emotions or, you know, I had to say that, those are all just emotions, then that's something you should pause and say, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to find out, is this something re really I should do? Because, you know, every now and then your flesh or your, your um, uh, emotions may tell you to do something that would line up with the Word of God, but it could be for the wrong motive, amen? And your spirit will always show you, well, you could do that, and technically you'd be okay, but your motive would be wrong. Uh, you know, you go up and say, you know, I love your hair. Well, I mean, technically you could be right, but you're only saying that to get in good with them, right? You know, what's the motivation? You know, are you wanting, are you wanting a $5 bill from them or something? You know, so you, so you could be technically right, but, you know, your motives could be wrong. So, a, see, a person with pure heart, well, I, I can't do that. I can't go and compliment them because uh, I'm doing that just to get in good with them, right? Uh, and so, uh, so that you could do plenty of things that nobody on the earth would convict you as being wrong. But your heart would convict you, right? The Spirit of God would convict you. Well, that's, that's not. So a person with a pure heart, well, you know, I, I can't do that. Even though that could be correct in, in complimenting somebody, um, my motivation wouldn't be correct. So I'm just going to leave it alone. Just, just go on. Amen? Uh, and so uh, it's, it's a great endeavor. It's something that you'll spend much of your life uh, perfecting and getting there. Uh, but it's worth the effort because a person with a pure heart will see what? See God. That's a pretty good deal, right? I think that's a pretty good deal. So blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see, see God. And then he, then he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the children of God. So uh, again, all of these beatitudes, they, they are all uh, beginning with, uh, we're blessed if we do these things. Amen. So is there value in pursuing these things in your life? Is there value in finding out how do I become more like this? Well, yeah, first of all, you get the general blessings of the Lord, right? The blessings of the Lord cover everything. The word blessing, you remember we started us uh, a while back about the word blessing, and that's a big word. What was the very first thing God did for Adam and Eve? He blessed them before he told them to go into the garden and care for the garden, before he gave them dominion over the earth. He, he, the Bible says he blessed them, uh, and then he gave them assignments. So if the Lord blessed Adam and Eve, as the very first thing he did for mankind. What do you think he wants to do for you? To bless you, Amen. Uh, and I still, even to this day, I have the hardest time understanding why people have a hard time with that in church. Why, you know, God doesn't want to bless you. Really? Have you met the Lord? He made this whole earth for us. 
he made the sky and the stars just for us. You know, people wonder if there's, if there's other life on, on, life on other planets. I mean, I don't know because I haven't been to all the other planets. You know, there's the, the, they know there's like trillions and trillions of stars, so there, there's probably billions and billions or maybe even trillions of planets. I don't know, so I've not been to all of them yet. Uh, in fact, I've only been to one so far. I've got a long way to go. So I don't really know. I suspect that there's not any other life on, the, on any other planets because it would be just like God to put a trillion stars in the sky for us to have something to look at at night. That's just something that sounds like he would do. I want to make the most spectacular, you know, the, 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 the biggest, uh, most, most uh, uh, grand gesture just so I, my children have something to look at at night. That sounds like something God would do, right? Not hiding some alien with, you know, green antennas, you know, in some other planet somewhere because uh, they'd have to know Jesus too if there are. I don't know, but I suspect that there's not. I imagine when we get to heaven, he goes, ah, you know, I just... I just wanted you all to have something cool to look at at night, you know, and to wonder about how big of a God I am, amen, because the Bible says even nature declares us a God, and see, uh, it, you can't hardly look at the stars and, and not realize there has to be a God, uh, and that's, you know, and of course, that's my opinion there, because like I said, I can't prove that I'm right or wrong, but um, uh, um, I, I just think that's the way the Lord would operate, amen, uh, and so they, the Lord wants to bless us, amen, and he said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Well, that's, that's one of the aspects of, of us as children of God, is we should be peacemakers. Amen? And so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, peacemakers. And if you remember when Brother Randy was here, and, and um, I went through, because uh, it only took 20 minutes to go through his message about all the notes he, he gave us about the, the Beatitudes. Uh, and this is what he said about peacemakers, and I thought it was good, so I wrote it down. Uh, he said, not peace lovers or peacekeepers, but peacemakers. So there's a difference, right? That our, our desire is to produce peace where there is no peace, amen? So we make peace, amen? Uh, and and he, so uh, he said it's for those who can enter into an unpeaceful situation and bring peace out of chaos and confusion. Now, if we're going to do that, let's turn over to Galatians chapter 5. If you're going to be a peacemaker, and he said blessed are the peacemakers, right? So uh, if there's no peace, then if there's war, then there needs to be peace, amen? Uh, and, and so here in Galatians chapter 5, it says, uh, in verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace, amen? So if you're going to be, a, you can't be a peacemaker until you have peace in yourself first, Amen? Uh, and, of course, you know, one of the definitions of peace is free from the ravages of war, right? There's no more war. There's only peace. And so the nice thing about the fruit of the Spirit of peace is you can have peace with you, inside of you, regardless of the circumstances on the outside of you. Most of the time we live, uh, it, it, there's peace on, inside of me as long as there's peace outside of me. But that you'll never get the peace if that's the requirement. Amen. Uh, you can never live a, a, at peace in yourself uh, if your measurement of peace is there's no war going outside here. Amen? Because uh, you ever notice how it seems like everything's going good and, and uh, nine times out of ten, it seems like all of a sudden you come across the worst person in the world, right? Uh, you know, we, we went down to, to the restaurant the other day and, and this lady waited on us and, and you think, she didn't even know me, but she hated my mother my uncle, my cousins. She hated everything about me and didn't even know me. What's your name? And, and, I, and, I, and I, you know, in the way she said it, I didn't really understand it. And I looked at her and she said, what's your name? 
you want to put my name on the, on the order, you know. I'm like, why are you mad at me? I ain't even done anything. You know, I just ordered a biscuit, you know, and, and uh, are, is there something morally wrong with the biscuits here? I mean, I don't know, you know, and, and I just hated everything, you know, and, uh, and, and so, you know, someone like that just, uh, so if I'm not careful, then, then I'll react, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you ever reacted to somebody else's war? You know, they, they bring war, and then you, you bring bigger war. You know, step outside and say that. Uh, and, uh, you know, the church, we're not much better than the world oftentimes. You know, someone, someone you know, you, you cross me, I'll cross you. Uh, and, uh, I mean, just war, just war all the time, right? And, and uh, maybe one of these days we'll get over into First uh, in Timothy chapter 3, but it talks about brawlers, right? I love that word, brawlers, right? You know, people are just brawlers. Everything's a fight. So how are you doing? Who's asking? I just... I just, you know, you know just, and I don't even really care how you're doing. I'm just saying words, you know, that's not just polite words. I really don't even want an answer, right? Uh, there used to be a guy I knew at church, uh, you know, I'd say how it's going. And then if you asked a question, he'd dump a dump truck load on you about his woes and cares and, and everything. And I got to where don't ask him how he's going because, I mean, it's a dump truck load. And, and I just don't have, you know, because then he goes on and on and on. And it's like, I don't have, t- you know, I don't have time. I got, you know, I got other, th- I, would really, I didn't really care. You know, I mean, we're not being impolite, but just, you know, because in polite society, we have, you know, how's it going, right? Because we don't really care how you're doing. We're just, we're just talking, right? And, 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 you know, I'm not trying to be unkind, but, uh, but uh, some people you can't ask, you know, how's it going? Because they're going to tell you, right? And, and so, but there's warfare out there. That just everywhere that you go, there's warfare. Just people mad. And, and you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe her dog died. Or, it could, you know, who knows what the, what the real... It could, she could have had some real problem, a real reason why she was hateful to me ordering a biscuit. But, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and of course, there are people just mean. You know, people just... Uh, some people... I remember when I got into the, into the charismatic word movement, you know. And, uh, we understand there's devils and demons. And there are still devils and demons operating in the earth today. And... But there was a real bad habit in the 80s that everything was a devil. You know, you got caught by the red light, oh, that was a devil. You know, uh, you ran out of gas, it's a devil. It had nothing to do with it. You didn't put gas in your tank, it's a devil. You know, uh, your machine, uh, washing machine broke, it's a devil. Well, well, how old is it? Well, it's 18 years old. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's probably time for, there's no washing machine devils, right? It's just, you know, you need a new washing machine. But everything was a devil. And the worst thing that I saw, now I'm, I'm like 15, 16 years old, and, uh, you know, I, I, there's one person just grumpy all the time. Just, you know, people just, you know, you know, people just grumpy, not like hateful, just, how's it going? Just, you know, just never happy. You ever know people just never happy? How can you just not be happy ever, right? Just not ever be happy. Just, and, and I mean, they got a good life, a good home, a good career, a good income, but just not happy. And they, well, it's a devil. You know, I, and I got to thinking, now I'm just, you know, I'm just a kid. I'm thinking, I think it's, they're just mean. I don't think it's just because they're devil. I think, you know, some people just mean, right? It's not a devil. It's just, just mean. Uh, and they're just mean people in the, in the world. Some people in the church. You ever known pe- mean people in the church? How many people don't go to church because there's mean people in the church? You know, if, if there was a mean person at church, that'd be the last time I'd ever leave the church. I would make sure I'd go every day because that mean person, it can't stand that you're there. Then I would go twice as much. You come to church tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be there. Why are you going to be there? Because you're there, right? And, and you know, and maybe that's a little meanness on my part to do that. But, uh, 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 and so, but there's just mean people in the world, mean people in a church. And, and, you know, my observation has been over the years that the kindest people I've ever met uh, are in church, way more kind than people in the world. But also the meanest people I've ever met are in church. 
I mean, double up on mean from people in the world, right? People in the world, you know, they're mean to get over it tomorrow. But people in the church, I'll hold it for 10, 15 years against you and uh, it just mean, right? And so if, if we're going to be peacemakers, we've got to find peace in ourselves. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. Now, how do you get the fruits of the Spirit? Well, you just live a long time on the earth and you automatically get it. Nope, nothing comes automatically in the Word. It comes by faith. It comes by you choosing to operate by faith, Amen. Fruit of the Spirit, the same way. If you want to develop fruit of the Spirit, you walk in faith. Uh, and so let's turn over to Philippians chapter uh, 4 here, and we'll find out how do we develop peace. Because we need to have peace in our own lives before we can, uh, we can uh, uh, bring peace into every circumstance. Uh, and so in Philippians chapter 4, <clears throat> let me get it over there. And it says in verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving that your requests be made known unto God. Uh, and it says in verse 7, if you do verse 6, then verse 7 says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep or guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And one translation says, shall garrison your hearts. You know what a garrison is? It's a troop, it's a troops you know, that, that are standing watch. Yeah, and so the peace of God has the ability to guard and keep your hearts and minds. So it's not just your hearts, right? We talked about your heart is really your will and your, and your spirit, man, but also your mind because when things are bad, what's the first thing that happens? We start thinking. Oh, this is going to turn out bad. Oh, this is going to hurt. Oh, this is going to be good. Our minds start just racing, right? Uh, well, the peace of God can guard that, keep that from happening. But how do you get there? How do you develop the peace? How do you get it? Because it says if you do verse 6, you get verse 7, but verse 6 says be careful. The Amplified says be anxious for nothing. Do not, have, do not fret to have any anxiety about anything, is actually what the Amplified Version says. Uh, can you, you can probably bring that up, Jared, right? The Amplified Version of that. The Amplified Version of verse 6 there uh, says, uh, do not fret to have any anxiety for anything, right? Now, let me know when he gets it up there. Oh, there it is. Do not fret to have any anxiety about anything. So either that makes you really, really happy or it makes you really, really mad. Because how many things are you allowed to fret or, or be anxious about? Nothing, right? Well, well, unless it's unless it's breakfast, right? You know, then then I've got to fret to have anxiety because I love breakfast, right? Uh, and uh, and so if if it's not there, I'm going to fret to have anxiety about not having breakfast. But it says, do not fret to have any anxiety about anything. So, well, you know, you just can't help worrying. Well, then Paul's wrong because Paul said you cannot fret or have any anxiety about anything. And if Paul is wrong, that means. The Holy Spirit's wrong because the Holy Spirit told Paul what to write. And if, and if the Holy Spirit's wrong, then Jesus is wrong because he's the head of the church. He told the Holy Spirit what to tell Paul to write. Uh, and so, uh, so they're all wrong. The Bible's wrong, Paul's wrong, the Holy Spirit's wrong, Jesus is wrong. What do you think the chance of that actually being true? It's zero, right? So if you can live a life where you, do not have, uh, you don't, don't have fret or have any anxiety about anything, that'd be a good way to live, wouldn't it, right? Well, how do you get there? Well, the reason why you get there is because the rest of the verse tells you how to get there. It says, it says uh, but in everything, so do not afraid to have anxiety about anything. Why? Because in everything, then you can pray by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Well, what's your request? Well, whatever you're fretting about, Lord, fix this. Right? The woman, the Shunammite woman we read about this morning, what was her request? That her son would be raised from the dead. So if she knew that her, her request would be, made, uh, would be made and answered, right? Because it's not just, well, I ask, but I don't expect to get it. Well, that's not really the way the Bible works. The Bible says when you ask for something, your expectation is you get it, right? And didn't Jesus say, ask and what? 
it shall be given unto you, right? So, so the implication is, if you request something, you're going to get that thing, amen? Because people go, well, it doesn't say you get it. Well, you've got to read more than just verse, uh, verse 6 here. You've got to read the whole New Testament. You read the whole New Testament, and Jesus said, ask, and it shall be given unto you. So we, the assumption is, by faith, is if we ask, we receive. That's the, that's the general covenant we have with the Lord. If we ask, we receive. So if you know that you can go to the, to the Lord, now the Shunammite woman had to go to the Lord through the prophet, but she went to the Lord through the prophet, and, and her faith was, I'm going to ask for the resurrection of my son. And what was her expectation? That she would receive. So, so was she at war at all in her heart? Now, now, she, now you know, the emotions were there, because the, the prophet said, you know, she, she, she's grieving. We need to find out what's going on. And so, but her faith was, it's well. So that, that's normal. You know, your emotions will, will react to every situation, but your spirit man go, yeah, but I can see my way through it. It's not that we don't have emotions. It's not that we don't have thoughts. But see, the peace of God will guard that from overwhelming you and taking over your life because a lot of times an event happens and our emotions now run our life. And our thoughts run our life. And our spirit man needs to run our life. And so the Shunammite woman, you know, she, she has the weight and knowledge that her son is, de- is dead, but all is well. All is well. Well, why is it well? Because she was not going to fret to have any anxiety about anything. Uh, and and she's Old Testament, she's thousands of years before Jesus showed up. And, and she says, all is well. Why? Because she knew the answer. So if you make your request be made unto God, you know you've got your answer. And that's part of the problem is, well, did you pray about it? Well, no. Well, no wonder you're fretful, because if you hadn't prayed about it, how can you expect the Lord? Well, I just figured if he wanted me to have it, he would. Is that what it says? Do not fret to have any anxiety about anything, because the Lord, if he desires to, out of his own sovereign will, will choose to fix it for you just because he wants to. Is that what it says? No. Do we have any responsibility? Well, we've got a lot of responsibilities in this verse. Number one, we, we're not supposed to be careful. Number two, uh, in every situation, uh, we're supposed to, by prayer and supplication, uh, let our request be made known unto God. So we've got at least two responsibilities in this verse. If we choose not to do either one of these, then we don't get verse 7. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep or guard or garrison our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. So we don't get the results of verse 7. And that's where a lot of the church lives is they never live at peace because they haven't done verse 6. You, know, you, you have the right and the capacity to live in peace in every circumstance all, you, all the days of your life. No, completely free of war in every circumstance, in every situation, without any, any conflict or, or wringing your hands or fretting or anxiety or worrying. Well, you just can't stop worrying. I just can't stop worrying. Sure you can, anytime you want to. I mean, what about right now? Well, yeah, I, I, I only worry about my kids. Okay, well, you're close to not being in sin, right? Because worry is a sin. Isn't worry a sin? The Bible says that whatever is not of faith is sin. Uh, and so, well, you just can't not worry. Sure you can didn't he say, cast all your cares upon him? And then what he says, right? Uh, well, well, I cast all but one. Well, okay, you're one away from not being in sin, right? Uh, he said, cast all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Uh, and so, so we want peace. Well, uh, all we have to do to get in peace is just do what he says. Be, do not fret to have any anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, it says, by prayer and petition, definite requests, right? So it's a definite request. Lord, I want this to happen. See, a lot of people don't make definite requests. They make, they make kind of ambiguous requests. Well, Lord, if you want to help, please help. If not, it's okay. Do you want me to help or not? I mean, that's not a definite request, you know. A definite request is, Lord, help. 
That's a specific, definite request. Lord, help in this situation. Lord, help this person. Lord, help this circumstance. And this is what I want. This is what I desire. My definite request is this. And people of faith, it's easy, but people who are not used to operating faith, they're uncomfortable with making a definite request to the Lord. They get to where, well, I don't really, I'm not really comfortable just saying, Lord, exactly what I want. I just, Lord, whatever you want. Well, he's going to, well, what do you want? It's your situation. It's your, your, your life. You know, what do you want? Well, just whatever you want, Lord. He made us with a free will. You know, you, you do that all the time, right? You decide what TV show to watch. You decide what shoes to put on. You decide what toothpaste to use. You, 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 have, you make decisions every day, but some, sometimes when we get into church, we get dumb and we, we act like, oh, I don't really, I, I don't want to make any decisions. It's whatever the Lord wants. You've made a thousand decisions to get here today. Which roads to take, which, who's going to drive, when you got in the car, uh, what, what, when you got up, which side of the bed you got up on. Uh, you know, how many decisions have you made just today? Just today, just to get here, you made a thousand definite decisions, but we come into the church sometimes, well, it's whatever you will, I don't, I don't know, you know. Uh, and and I, we get so religious, it just, it's just it's yucky, right? Uh, and so uh, be careful. Do not have anxiety about anything, but in every, every circumstance and in everything, all is well. Is that what the Shunammite woman said? All is well, right? It is well. In everything, by prayer and petition, Definite request. So she made it. She, she, you think about what she had to do. She had to go take her child, put him on that bed, you know, because he came sick from the field and he, and he sat in her lap and eventually he died sitting in her lap. Did she start screaming and wailing and, uh, and fretting and, and, and uh, being just overwhelmed with grief? No, she went and took him, put him on the prophet's bed and then went and found the prophet. She went a definite request. I'm come to, 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 uh, to have my child raised from the dead. Uh, with thanksgiving. Well, see, that, that part right there is key because when you're really in faith, see, the, the thing about faith that's nice is uh, faith, as soon as it's really expelled uh, in your heart, it's a done deal. It's not a done deal when you receive the end of your faith, when you receive the manifestation of that. It's as soon as, as, soon as you, if faith is expressed, the joy is there. Amen? Uh, because as soon as you know that it's going to be fixed, well, then you can have joy. Now, see, the Shudamite woman didn't know all that. She didn't know about Abraham, and, uh, and she didn't know about all these promises. So she wasn't perfect in these things, but she was still a great example. In the New Testament, as soon as faith is expressed, if you, if you believe God, Lord, fix this situation, whatever this is, and if you believe that you have your requests uh, answered from the Lord, then why can't you be thankful right then? So you can have Thanksgiving in that moment. You don't have to wait till you, you get it, right? I mean, you can be thankful as soon as you make the order. You don't have to be thankful just when it arrives. Because sometimes, especially when you're dealing with other people, you ever notice that, that uh, when you pray for yourself, for things for yourself, things operate pretty quickly. But sometimes you pray for other people, and it could be days, weeks, months, sometimes years, praying for other people. You ever notice that? Because other people are stupid, right? You know, we're really smart, but other people are really slow. Sometimes you get dealing with other people, and it's just exhaustingly slow, right? That, that, and that's why, in fact, we're, we were there in Galatians chapter 5. One of, the, uh, uh, one of the fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering. You know, the, the point of long-suffering is for dealing with other people. Because when you're dealing with other people, it can be long and it can be suffering. Right? You ever notice that? Long suffering. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Long, was the Lord, is the Lord long suffering? He is long suffering, right? Why is He long suffering? Because we're slow, right? He's dealing with us, and it could take us years to line up with His will. And so He needs long suffering. The Bible says He's got long suffering. Amen. And so 
but we want peace. So we get peace by doing what he says. We, we choose not to fret. We choose not to be anxious. We choose not to be careful uh, in any circumstance, right? I like the way he says it. In every circumstance and in everything. We do not fret to have any anxiety about anything. So what's on your list of things that it's okay to be anxious about? Well, what time are they going to get the biscuits done, right? Am I going to, get make, am I going to make it to work on time? And uh, just, uh, just people just fret about everything, right? And sometimes uh, it's, it's certain specific things that they get worried about. Well, there's no wiggle room. That's the thing I love about the word. There's no wiggle room. You have the capacity, the freedom, the right. See, it's freedom to not be anxious. You, if, you have to, if you have to be anxious or you have to uh, be in anxiety about something, you're not really free. See, to me, if you could really live that way, wouldn't you be totally free? You could be totally free. Not worry about anything. Life is good, right? Uh, and that, that would be at peace. That would be living at peace. Amen? And so uh, we can do that, uh, but we've got to do verse 6. If we do verse 6, then we get verse 7. And to me, that's pretty simple. Do verse 6. Now, it takes some efforts. It takes some uh, work on our part to do that because we have to choose to, first of all, uh, resist the, the desire to be anxious. We have to choose to actively pray uh, and choose to be thankful after we pray because the thankfulness is a sign that, Lord, uh, thank you that it's done. Thank you that it's going to happen. So you don't have to keep praying. People pray for the same thing over and over again every day and they get into error because really the prayer of faith is only needs to be prayed once and then we, we move over into thanksgiving until it arrives. Lord, so usually I'll pray for whatever it is. Lord, I need, I need a raise. Uh, and Lord, I'm asking you for a raise. I need a raise you know, to, to have more income. And that's the last time I pray about it. And then Lord, thank you, I've got a raise. See, I'm, now I've moved over into thanksgiving. Lord, thank you that I've got a raise. I thank you that I've got a raise. Why do you, why are you thankful you got a raise? Because I've prayed, I made a definite request for this thing, and now, Lord, I'm in thanksgiving, and, and I really am thankful about it. You know, how would you act if it was real? I'd be thankful for it, amen? And so, let your requests be made known unto God. So, my expectation is I get the answer to my prayer, so why, why should I worry? Why should, the, why, why should the woman, you know, uh, is it well? Oh, yeah, all, all is well. Well, how could it be well? Your son has died. Uh, uh, the answer's coming. So, uh, uh, and she was on her way to make the definite request to, to the prophet. You know, we don't have to travel anywhere to make a definite request. We can do it in our, in, our, in our room at home. We can do it on the road. We can do it in the shower. It works everywhere, right? It doesn't get wet. doesn't expire. It, it works all the time. Amen. So, so we can never be peacemakers if we're not people of peace to begin with. Amen. So, so we need to work on, if we want to have this, this, this beatitude operating in our life where we're blessed because we're peacemakers, and we, have, and we become the children of God because of that. doesn't mean you get saved. It just means that you're operating as the child of God that you are. Uh, we have to find that peace in ourselves. Amen? So wh- why is it good to be a peacemaker? Well, let's turn over to Romans chapter 5, and, and we may not get finished today because we're about to run out of time. But <clears throat> and so uh, it says here in uh, Romans chapter 5, it says, therefore, being justified by faith. So that's us, right? We've been justified. To be justified means to be declared free from guilt. So who, who justified us? Uh, the Lord did, right? How did he justify us? By sending the Lord Jesus, right? He paid for our sins. So we are now declared from guilt because of the blood of Jesus, because of the work of the cross. He said, because we've been justified by faith, so, we, so that means we choose to believe that we are justified, right? We choose to believe that we are declared free from guilt. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So... Uh, 
Uh, the reason why we can be peacemakers is because God is at peace with us. See, that's what the world doesn't understand, and even much of the church doesn't understand. God is at peace with mankind, not just with, with the church. He's at peace with all of mankind because Jesus didn't die just for the church. Jesus died for the whole world. So from God's perspective, there's no, there's no sins that, that he's like, I, if they do that one more time, just one more time, that's it. He's already paid for that sin. So he is at peace with all of mankind. Now, all of mankind doesn't have peace with him because it says here that we are justified by faith. So it's faith on our part that we choose to believe what Jesus did for us. And once we choose to believe what Jesus did for that for us, now we are declared from that, free from that guilt. See, the, the, here's the thing. In fact, you've come, go down to verse, uh, verse 10 there, same chapter. It says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So when we were reconciled to God, according to verse 10, it says right there, beginning of when we were enemies. So not when we became children of God, not when we received God as our Savior, but when we were enemies. So when we were enemies of God, when we were not part of his church, right? When we, were, uh, we didn't follow God. And he said, while we were enemies. So that's talking about the whole world. When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So when Jesus died, he reconciled the world to him. So what does the word reconciled mean? The best definition I like is, is restored fully to favor. So the Lord, by sending the Lord Jesus, as far as the God side, on his side, uh, he has restored the entire world to favor to him. Every single man, woman, and child has been restored fully to favor with God right now. Every, every heathen, every person who, who hates God, uh, every good person is right now reconciled to God, restored fully to favor with God. But they don't get to reap the benefits of that until they do the verse 1, which is justified by faith. They have to choose to believe that God did this for them. And if they don't do that, see, if, they don't ever, if they're never justified by faith, not justified by works or, you know, going to church or justified by, I choose to accept what Jesus did. That's being justified by faith. Now they are declared free from that guilt of their sin. See, Jesus reconciled them and restored them fully to favor, but they have to receive that by faith. And that's where sometimes we get wrong in the church. We think, well, God's, he's a loving God. He'll never send anybody to hell. He's not sending anybody to hell. Everybody in the earth has been reconciled to him right now, restored fully to favor. They have to receive that declaration of, of freedom from the guilt by their own words and their own faith. Amen? And if they don't do that, then they're, they're, if they don't do that, then they are not justified. They're not declared free from that guilt. That means they're responsible for the guilt of their sins, although their sins have been paid for. That's what's crazy. All this, that, that sin is going right over there. We can't see it, but I'm sure there's sin going. You point the finger that way, there's a sin going on somewhere that way. And that sin right now that's going on over there is already been paid for by the blood of Jesus. And if they will receive the, the forgiveness for that, they will be declared free from that guilt. If they don't receive the forgiveness for that, they are responsible for the guilt of that sin, even though right now the blood of Jesus is paid for that sin. But they're still responsible for it until they are justified by faith. Amen? And so and that, if you can understand that, that will help you understand why, why, is it the, why, why does anybody ever go to hell? Jesus came. He did come, and those sins have already been paid for. But until they receive that, uh, then, then they're responsible for that guilt of that sin, which is shame, because uh, it, it's like all, they've, got a, they've got a voucher to get out of, that, uh, out of the guilt of that sin, but they have to cash the voucher in. Well, I don't want to cash that voucher in. Well, then you're responsible for that sin. Well, that's fine. That's stupid, right? It doesn't make any sense. The Lord's already done it for you, amen? And so, so that's why 
we should be peacemakers because number one, we have peace on the inside of us, but really number two is God's at peace with all of mankind. He's not mad. People, people, well, God's mad at me. He's not mad at you. How could he possibly be mad at you if all of your sins have been paid for? Uh, and, you know, uh, a lot of times you get these, these prophets, that they're, they're just doom and gloom prophets. God's mad about everything. How could he possibly be mad about everything if Jesus came? If Jesus, now, he doesn't, like, he doesn't like a lot of things that church does, and, you know, the Bible talks about chastising. He does chastise people, and, and you know, the Lord does get, there's righteous anger sometimes when he sees innocent people. But people's attitude of God is something he's just mad all the time in heaven. Well, how could he be mad all the time in heaven if, if he sent Jesus here on our behalf? Amen? Uh, and so, so we need to be uh, peacemakers. Amen? <clears throat> so uh, if we have peace on the inside of us, then, then our job is to go, like what Brother Randy said, is that uh, uh, it's for those who can enter into an unpeaceful situation and bring peace out of chaos and confusion. So the number one way that we are peacemakers is by telling the lost world that God loves them. Amen. That, uh, that God, that there's nothing for them to do to receive heaven except to receive heaven. They don't have to, well, I've got to go get my life straightened up. That's a waste of time, right? They don't, there, there's nothing they have to earn. Well, I've got to go to church. No, you can do it right now. You know, well, I've got to stop doing it. No, you don't have to stop doing anything. Just receive them right now. And, and you'll be justified by faith. Amen. We'll work out the other details on the backside of your salvation. Amen. Uh, so, the, so we can be peacemakers. That's the most important peacemaking work that we can do is by telling people, you know, God's at peace with you right now. Right now, everything, no matter what you've done, God's at peace with you right now. He's not mad at you. He's not trying to get you. He's not trying to condemn you. He, he wants you to be declared free from guilt if you choose to receive it by faith. He's already paid for the freedom for your guilt, but all you have to do is receive the freedom for your guilt. He's right now, according to Romans 5.10, you have been restored fully to favor with God. Right now. That's how we can be a peacemaker to the world. Right now, all those people that, that are just mad and committing all kinds of sin and adultery or whatever, God's at peace with all of them. Amen? On his side. Amen? Even if they're mad at God, he's still at peace with them. So that's the number one way that, that we can be peacemakers. Amen? Uh, one of the things we have to be careful about is, <clears throat> and, I, and I've seen this many times, is that sometimes... And, and a lot of it's got to do with our personalities and our makeup. But some people want peace at all cost, right? They want peace and just overlook everything and not deal with any situation. Uh, we're not supposed to be uh, people who love peace. We're supposed to be people who make peace, amen? So it's not, you know, I mean, we, I know we love peace. But when we love peace above every situation, what we'll do is we'll just act like there's no war. And a lot of times what people do is, well, there's no war. Well, there is a war. You need to make the peace, amen? You know, uh, the, one of the uh, worst leaders in our, in our modern world, if you remember him, uh, was uh, Neville Chamberlain from uh, England, right? He, he was the prime minister of England at the time, back in, in, um, before World War II. And, and he kept, his most famous phrase was, peace in our time. Now, overall, he was actually a pretty good leader, but, uh, but Germany was rising up, doing all kinds of things, invading Poland, and doing all kinds of terrible things. And they weren't supposed to do that because there was a treaty from World War I. They weren't supposed to do all that. Uh, but then Hitler rises up, and, and he's a super charismatic person and, and making all these speeches and things, and people were afraid of him. And so uh, Neville Chamberlain, well, peace in our time, peace in our time. And so instead of dealing with Hitler the way he should have, 
he just acted like there's nothing, we're all at peace. And of course, Hitler, oh yeah, we're at peace. We're not going to do anything. I mean, well, we're going to do everything, actually, but we're not going to tell you we're not going to do anything. And instead of uh, checking up, making sure that he was being truthful because he was a, he was a liar, right? Full of the devil. Uh, never, he's peace in our time, peace in our time. So there's sometimes we just want, we want to act like there's peace when there's no peace. And I, I remember just a situation uh, years ago where there was a, there was a fellow who got up and did some just terrible things at church. Uh, and, and this one person said, you know, well, why, why do you think they did that? And, you know, I, I mean, I, I didn't tell them this, but I think well, it's because they're just a mean person. You know, that's why they did that. Uh, and, and, well, maybe they were just having a bad day. And so what they were doing is they were explaining away somebody's sin because they wanted to be at peace. They didn't want to deal with somebody else's problems. They didn't want to deal with hey, that was wrong, and we should do, deal with that, we should, we should correct that. They just want to kind of sweep it under the rug. Because for them, peace was more important than dealing with the war. And that's the same problem that Neville Chamberlain ran into in World War II, was peace was more important than, than dealing with the evil that was going across uh, the, the uh, English Channel there in Germany. He didn't want to deal with Hitler. And so instead of, instead of actually dealing with it, being a peacemaker, you know, he just loved peace, the thoughts of peace, when there actually wasn't any peace. Now, and so, you know, that's for you to figure out is, you know, uh, do you overlook things and ignore things and, and not deal with things and think that you're at peace? Well, you're not really at peace. There's still war going on. You haven't made any peace yet. So we've got we to gotta learn to make peace. And, and to make peace, we've got to be at peace in ourselves. And, uh, and uh, I remember years ago, Jerry's not here, but he'll probably be listening. He loves the story. We were on our way to uh, Africa to um, a, a mission trip. And uh, there was about 13 of us on this mission trip. And, and most of these people had never gotten out of, out of their city, much less out of the country. A lot of them just never traveled anywhere. You know, I'd traveled all around the world by that time and, you know, been on all kinds of airplanes. And, and, um, uh, and so we get to the airport. And, of course, you know, uh, there's a weight limit to luggage, right? So there's a limit you can't, if you go, you got to, you got to pay a big fine, right? If you go over the weight limit, you got to pay a big fine. Uh, and, um, and, of course, you know, if you're not an experienced traveler, then the best thing to do is pack everything because that way you don't forget anything. And some of the, some of the people on the trip, what'd you pack? Well, everything. Well, well, we mean everything. Well, I got spoons and forks and knives and, you know, pillows and blankets and, you know, I mean, everything. They packed everything, right? The dog, the cat, you know, dog food and cat food, everything. Uh, and so, of course, they're all overweight, you know. I mean, not them, but their luggage is overweight, you know. I wasn't making a judgment about their personal, their, 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 uh, their, food consumption, right? But anyway, so uh, they're at the airport and they're all overweight, right? All the luggage is overweight. And so, so it's going to be hundreds of dollars, right? Well, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, don't, they, they barely made the ability, barely had the ability to pay for the trip there, much less these extra fines. And so, so we're all there, right? I've probably traveled more than anybody on the trip. But one thing I've learned is I don't have to do it on my trip, right? My pastor was there. So, so I'm just, you know, I'm just not doing anything. And so one of the guys, I'll fix this. One of the guys jumps up, I'm going to fix this. See, he's not a peacemaker. In his mind, he, the way he operates is, I'm going to bully my way into everything. And some people in the church are that way. I'm going to bully my way and fix everything. I'm going to get what I want by bullying everybody. And that's not a peacemaker, right? That, that's just being, you know, because he was a tall fellow, you know, and he thought if he could just, he just bully his way through, he could just get a fix. So he went up to, and it was just, this big black lady, and, and, and uh, he starts fussing at her about these luggage, you know, and, and, and I start a pool. I'm, I'm betting on the big black lady, you know, because, oh, yeah, well, you're going to have to pay the fine. We're not paying, we're ministers of the gospel. You're paying the fine. And I'm thinking, yeah, she's going to win, you know, 
Uh, and if it comes to blow, she's probably still going to win, right? Uh, and so, so he just, just, just makes it worse, right? Just fussing at her and, and demanding, you know, we're, you know, we're children of God. We don't have to pay this. I mean, it's your fault, right? Didn't you overload your luggage? Well, why is it their fault? It's not their fault. It's your fault. You overloaded the luggage, right? Well, you know, take some ownership at least about it. But, you know, he's just going to bully his way into it. So finally, she prevails. And he, he, he you know, his feathers fall and he kind of slinks back to his chair. You know, he didn't win. You know, the, the lady, she won. You know, and, and uh, I collected all my winnings, you know, from the pool there that I got there. And so uh, what would you do about it? Nothing. Not my, it's, not my, it's not my trip, right? My pastor's there. And so, so but I've, I've also learned to watch my pastor, right? So, because he's uh, sitting a few chairs away from me, you know, we're all sitting in the same area, enjoying this, this, this uh, scene right here, right? And so, so, so he leans forward, and, he, and, I, and, I, and I catch him out of the corner of my eye. He leans forward, and he just looks at me, and he just nods at me, right? Just go fix it. And I knew by that, you know, I've been with him long enough. I knew when, he, when I got the nod, okay, I've got to go fix it. So now I've got to go, go fix it. After he started the war, see, it would have been easy to fix it if he hadn't started the war, but he started this war, right? And then lost the battle, but there's still a war going on. So I've got to go now in this situation, and, and I've got to be the peacemaker. But see, it's e- if you're a person at peace, it's easy. It's not hard. Right? I know sometimes you've got to put your foot down. Sometimes you've got to stand your ground. I understand that sometimes it's necessary, right? Because some people don't want peace. Now, see, she didn't want war. She, you know, she's just minding her own business. This guy comes up and tries to bully her to, to demand not to pay these fines. And, and it's, you, you puff up at me, I'm going to puff up at you. And, and so, so he's a war maker. I'm not a war maker. You know, I can stand my ground. I got no problem standing my ground. Somebody tries, you know, people come in and, you know, well, you got to do this in a church. Ain't going to happen, right? Well, you're going to run the church their way. Not going to happen, right? Well, you've got to preach this. I'll preach whatever I want to preach, you know. Now, I can stand my ground. I'm not a pushover. Uh, you know, you just, you, uh, you may not know me that well, but, but uh, people think I'm a pushover. But it, it, the thing is, I just don't care about most things except for things that are important. If, you know, if it's not important, I could care less, right? Well, what are we going to have to eat? I don't care, right? Some people just, oh, unless it's just, you know, this fresh, you know, shrimp from New Louisiana, you know, I can't, I can't stand, you know, that. I could care less, whatever. It's not important in life, you know. It's not important. It's zero importance, you know. But uh, what I preach, really important, right? And, well, you need to, you know, uh, somebody, uh, oh, we won't go into all that stuff. It's just such a mess, right? But uh, I got no problem standing my ground. No problem at all. Amen. Something important? No problem at all. Things, things like, you know, the food, not important. Amen. Uh, and so I get the not, so I got to go up. And so, you know, you just be led by the Spirit of God. You just find out what to do and say. And I just went up there and said, I said, ma'am, I said, I said, uh, all of us right here, it's all our fault. Not your fault. It's our fault. We overloaded the luggage. I said, I said, part of the problem is we've got a lot of inexperienced travelers. They didn't know to, to, to do this and they didn't know there was a weight limit. And so I said, is there someone I can speak to to, to see if I can get this resolved? She said, yeah, my manager downstairs, you know, go over there and talk to her about it. And, and I went downstairs and I same th- said the same thing. Look, 100% our fault. This, if we're going to pay the fine, it's no problem. I said, but a lot of the weight is we're taking food that we're going to, we will leave there and clothes, extra clothes. We brought extra clothes. We're going to leave there uh, to bless the people. So when we come back uh, on, on your same airline, we, none of us will be overloaded because we're going to leave a bunch of the stuff there and just be a blessing to them. I said, can, can we get a, can we get a, a, a bypass on, on this fine so we don't have to pay the fine uh, on this trip? She said, yeah, sure, no problem. She signed a piece of paper. We got to go right on the plane. No fines or nothing like that. 
And, and see, that's a, a peacemaker has the ability to go into a war situation and find peace. Amen? If the, now, again, you, peace requires two people to be at peace, right? Sometimes some people just don't want peace. And, and so I can be a peacemaker, but someone may not receive peace. That's not on me. If I go and do my job and they still don't want peace, I've done my job, amen? Uh, and and I'll, tell you, I'll tell you another story, and, and I know we've got to go. Um, this was uh, back in the day. With, you know, my pastor, some, he didn't want to deal with a lot of things. And so a lot of times, you know, if things are going on in the church, Chip, you go deal with that. Okay, you know, it's your church. You know, why don't you deal with it, you know? Uh, and, um, and so <clears throat> there, there was a, they had a fellowship hall at the church, and people could sign up to reserve the fellowship hall for different meetings and stuff. And so... Uh, there was a college group, a college age group that had signed up to use the, the, the fellowship hall. And, and right out of that, the women's group wanted to use the same fellowship hall after they got done. But there was a war on. Well, why is there a war? I don't know. You go deal with that. And so, okay, so the lady running a ladies thing there and the, the college guy running a college thing there. Uh, and what's going on? Well, last year, last year, why are we talking about last year? Well, last year when we had the same thing, he went over on his time of the fellowship hall. And he went into my time. He's supposed to be out at 1 o'clock. He didn't get out to 1.30, and he needs to be out. We got it reserved for 1 o'clock. And I'm thinking, you know you're in church, right? This is church, right? It's okay to be in, walk in love. It's okay to be nice in church, right? It's, it's perfectly fine. People haven't got that memo. Well, he, didn't, he got out late last year. Okay. And, and I said, well, Larry, did you get out last year? Yeah, I got out last year. I said, well, you're going to get out this year? No, I'll get out. I'll get out on time. I looked at it. I said, well, he said he'll get out on time. So... Why is there a problem? Well, he got out late last year. I, I, what, I don't care about that. We're not last year. We're right now, he said he'd get out of time. So why is there a problem? Because I said, well, Larry, you're going to get out of time? Yeah. Are you okay with him getting out of time? Yeah, but last year, you know, she kept, what's wrong? I'm not talking about last year. See, she, all she wanted was the war. It's like, well, you want a leg? You want to chop our arm off? I mean, what, you want to pay? What, what do you want him to do? He said he got out on time. Because she wasn't interested in peace. She was interested in, in punishing him for something that happened 365 days ago that didn't even matter. So what? He gotta, did anybody die? I mean, was there, was there like, you know, a heart transplant that had to happen at that moment or something? No, the, 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 the juice, the ice melted a little bit. I think it probably would have happened. The horror of a horror, right? I mean, maybe that, I, I don't know. I don't know what the ramifications of being late, right? Other than she didn't like it. But there was no, nobody was harmed from it anyway, but, but war, just a war. And people are like that all the time, just war, just brawlers, right? The Bible comes, brawlers, everything's a fight. Well, he said he'll get out, and if he doesn't get out, then we'll just break a kneecap or something. I mean, I don't know, but well, what's it matter? And, and, and so, you know, of course, in that moment, I'm thinking, why are we here? We're in church, you got two adults, one asked the other one to, to get out on time, the other one said they would get out on time. Why can't we live that way? Well, you know, you just, you act like it's not even that big of a deal. It's really not that big of a deal. I mean, e even if he comes out late, is that a big a deal? Right? Can't we walk in love? I mean, maybe they're praying, raising somebody from the dead. Well, do it quicker. <laughs> All right, well, sorry, you know. I mean, I, and I'm sure it wasn't anything that spiritual, but, you know, we don't know why he was late. I don't know why he was late. And some people, they're just lazy, right? Some people just they don't know there's anybody else in the world besides them, and that was probably that was probably really the real issue that he didn't know that there's anybody else in the world besides him. But you know you've got to walk in love and be at peace, and and look at the end of the day, it didn't really matter either way anyway, right? Uh, now he should have done that if he said he'd be out at one, he should have got out at one o'clock, right? 
but if he said he'd get out at 1 o'clock, then, then all she's got to do is to believe him. Well, he didn't do it last year. Oh, not last year. It's, it's today. Amen. And I can tell you story after story where, you know, part, part of my job, uh, the way I say it is my job oftentimes is to be the adult. Because you get in situations and you got he's fighting and arguing and is mad and, and just, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be the peacemaker. Hey, how's it going? Well, you have Okay, well, can we deal with it? You know, we can deal with it, right? It's just a thing. There's not many things that are important in this life, amen? Your eternal destiny, pretty important, amen? Uh, other than that, it's all pretty much downhill after that, amen? About how important things are. What, what if the house burns down, you know? I remember we were on a trip one time, and we'd just gotten the whole church, uh, front of the church, renovated, right? Got the new awning and everything. We went on a trip, and we got a phone call. Pastor, Pastor, the whole awning got ripped off of this big windstorm. You remember when that happened? Big windstorm. I mean, just took the whole thing. You know, we just spent thousands of dollars putting it up there, and this windstorm just took it all down. And this, this fellow just got all worried and fretful about it. Oh, Pastor, it's all, it's all torn out. I said, well, is anybody hurt? No. Well, is, is, is the windows busted or anything? Is rain coming in? No, no. Just, I said, well, okay, I'll fix it when I get back. I mean, oh, well, don't, don't you know, is it going anywhere? I mean, is it hurting? It's not hurting nothing, right? Well, you need to do something. I'm not doing nothing. I'm staying at this meeting. I'm not going to go to leave this meeting to go fix canvas and a little bit of aluminum tubing. I mean, what's it matter? It, just, it don't matter, right? Peacemakers. It just, I'm at peace whether it's there or not there. And, they're, and it's not even their awning. And they're all fretful and worried about it. Why are you worried about it? It's, it's just, it doesn't matter. There's so few things that matter in life. That the things that really matter are people. People matter. Awnings don't matter. And, and, and they're just, they're really upset about it. And, and uh, we need to, see, this comes about by living in peace. Amen. See, I could be a peace. And I brought peace to him. I said, well, it's okay. It's no matter, no big deal. You know, it's just, a, it's just an awning. It's just. It'll be fine. And we got it taken care of. We got the, the insurance took care of it. It, was, it wasn't even a thing. And just, yeah, we didn't have an awning for a while, but I mean, did the world stop, right? You know, I mean, we've had to be at peace for getting this sanctuary renovated, right? It, it's taken, you know, what, 8,000 times longer than it should have. Uh, but could we change it? We could, be, we could be mad about it and wait, or we could not be mad about it. We're still going to wait. Either way, we had to wait, right? So we can be at peace while we're waiting or not be at peace while we're waiting. And I'd much rather be at peace and waiting. Well, you know, you need to do something. What would you like me to do? Like just uh, 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 spring some, some, sprinkle some wiffle dust and make contractors or make uh, carpenters show up that don't show up? I mean, I can't, you know, I, I can't make people show up and say they're going to show up. Amen. Uh, and so uh, we can be at peace. Amen. Uh, and this is one of the, it's such a helpful uh, uh, fruit of the Spirit, and also a helpful thing to develop in life is to be the peacemaker, to be able to go into any situation and bring peace. Uh, because God's already come into the whole world and brought peace, so we can go into any situation and bring peace. Uh, and and, uh, and I, uh, the Lord has been a great blessing in my life because uh, I have used that, that, uh, that fruit in my life to bring peace in so many circumstances where people are just really worked up. And of course, you know, you get tragedies of life and there are terrible things that happen. You know, you can go in those situations and still bring peace. Death of loved ones, you still go in and bring peace to people's life, amen? And it's such a, thing that, it's such a great thing to develop, amen? But to what you, want to do, you don't want to be the person bringing the brawling, right? You want to bring the, you don't, you know, well, I'm not putting up with that brawler, right? You know, and just, like I said, some people just, how's it going? Well, who's asking? 
you know, the people like that, they're not peacemakers, right? They're war makers. Uh, and uh, I am not going to be a war maker. And sometimes people think, well, you're weak if you do that. I'm happy every day. I'm blessed every day. How can I be weak? Uh, I'm, uh, the Lord takes care of me in every situation. How does that mean I'm, I'm weak? Amen. Uh, I'm thinking things are going pretty good. So, so let's pray and thank the Lord for, for his word today. Amen. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Father, you did show us that we can be peacemakers, Father, in every situation, every circumstance, regardless of what's happened, regardless of what's been said. Father, regardless of if somebody is harmed. or it doesn't, it, the, the circumstances and the specifics are unimportant, Father. What's important is that we are the carriers of peace. Father, we, we have the fruit of peace living in our lives so we can carry peace into every war zone, Father, and leave with peace. And, Father, we understand sometimes it depends upon the other person. But, Father, as far as we're concerned, we're going to bring peace. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, and so, the Lord is good. Amen. We thank him for that. Uh, and so, uh, and I didn't read this one verse, but, uh, Jared, if you come ahead and receive the offering, I'll just read this one verse uh, because it falls in line with what we said. Uh, Romans twelve eighteen says, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. So as much as lies within you. So, so uh, sometimes people don't want to be at peace with you, but as far as you being at peace with them, see, I'm at peace with everybody. I'm not at war with anybody. There's a lot of people who are war, at war at, with me. Uh, and and um, in fact, when we get into the next couple of, of uh, Beatitudes, we'll look at some of those things. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not at war with anybody. I'm at peace with every single person. And well, you know, so-and-so said this about you. I don't care. Someone told me the other day, well, so-and-so, they, they just hate you. So, uh, clearly they haven't met me, right? Because I'm a wonderful person, amen? Uh, and so, you know, it, it, you know, some people really bother, if they heard that, it would really bother them. So-and-so hates you. Oh, why do they hate me? I don't want them to hate me, you know? I could care less. I mean, I, I, I can't think of anything less I could care about than somebody not liking me, right? Uh, you want a list of things I could care less about? I can't think of anything, right? Uh, because I'm, I'm at peace. I, I'm just, it just doesn't bother me. Uh, when when uh, uh, people are, are in conflict with me. Amen? And, and I have no desire to be in conflict with anyone. Uh, I have no enemies, uh, but there are a lot of people who think they're, they're, that, uh, that they're my enemy. Amen? Uh, and so, um, well, don't forget we have healing school today at 3 o'clock. Clock's over this way, right? The clock with no numbers on it. Um, and, and, um, uh, and then uh, you be, that's all we're going to do, right? Oh, yeah, open house cards here. Uh, take some of those and give them to your friends and family, people that you like. You don't want to bring people that you don't like, you know, just people that you like. Uh, and, uh, and so they're on the back there, and uh, that'll be Thursday. And you all have a wonderful week, and be blessed. We'll see you later.